Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast of Before, During and After. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Goosey Sports. Goosey Sports is a team wear brand that provides playing kit and leisure wear, both on and off the field. Today I'm joined by Cameron Orr of the Melbourne Rebels. Another great listen. Cameron has had a good journey uh, at a young age, moved overseas playing for Gloucester. We touch on that, the rest of his journey and how he ended up at the Rebels. And we also talk about his business, Elite Performance Journal, which he has set up with Waratah's player, Carlo Tuzano, which I've had on this podcast previously. Really good listen. As always, I appreciate any feedback. Let me know your thoughts and uh, tell your mates and share where possible. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode before, during and after. Today, I am joined by Cameron Orr. Firstly, mate, um, as I say to everyone, uh, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. How are you? Yeah, going well. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, good, mate. Good. Obviously, just touched on it um, off air a little bit, having a chat there, but um, how's life going in uh, in Melbourne for you, firstly? Yeah, look, it's good. It's good to um, it's good to be around people. I mean, there's a lot of lot, lot of people kind of struggling down here, but we've we found it um, quite good to just get around each other, make make this make the moments count when you do go out. So there's been lots of walks, lots of coffees, uh, lots of picnics as of recently, which is what we're allowed to do. But um, yeah, no, it's it's been all right. It's yeah, just getting through it and trying to stay busy and and keep things positive because we're sort of right to the end now where where those freedoms are starting to come back and it's it's pretty special yeah a bit of light at the, the end of the tunnel mate and yeah like you said you've got to make the most of it obviously you're back in training how long do you get to go in for uh in a, in a day oh, oh so we're in yeah in back in full time next monday so we're in yeah from eight o'clock till five o'clock every day of the week Weekends off though, which is which is the treat. But um, yeah. yeah, it sounds like that we're going to be uh, working pretty hard. We've got a few new staff on who who are pretty intent on making us work and yeah, coming yeah. in and hitting some standards. So that's exciting. Yeah, not not afraid of the hard work, but it's uh, always a bit dreary thinking about it before you're doing it. So, yeah, especially after a bit uh, of time off and a bit of time off. You've been doing a bit of a pre preseason or a bit of extras. Or? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, obviously, I mentioned before, but with lockdown, um, we haven't been able to do a lot. So, um, the, the solace has been actually being able to train and, and use the gym and, and go out and, you know, be with the boys and stuff like that. So, I think this will probably be the fittest um, a lot of boys have come into a preseason because, you know, as, as we have had time away from training, you know, the boys have, have had no other choice but to train. And, you know, every meal they had, it's, it's sitting there because you can't <laughs> do much else. So, yeah. You're yeah. thinking more and more about what goes in and out of your body. So, no, yeah. it'll be exciting. Good, we're, we're in a really good spot, I think. Do they want you back in at a certain weight or anything like that? They talk to you much on that? Uh, or you're pretty, pretty leading? Yeah, they're actually big on that this year. Um, it's changed since the past where um, there wasn't too much fuss about, you know, personally where, where I came back in and, and stuff. But, you know, I've got some markers and some strength targets like squat-wise just above, you know, 200 and um there's uh, a few fitness markers um like a yo-yo test i'm sure yeah, we yeah. heard of that too um yeah there's a few which aren't, which aren't too massive because they know it's a big pre-season but you know there's still <laughs> the anxiety goes to the roof until you actually get the result uh because there, there is a there is a fat club well and truly alive to this day yeah, um, yeah. you don't you don't want to be there yeah what um how do they kind of set the targets? Is it individual or do they go like front row to second rows and then um, back row? 
half centers, that sort of thing, or yeah, they sort of have like uh, performance indicators for for your group, like for your positional group. So front rowers, like props, have their standards. Hookers have their standards and things like that. But then, uh, what's quite good about the rebels is they actually give you individual standards as well. So. You know, I'm different to another prop who may be 10, 15 kilos heavier or lighter. Um, and, it's, and it's based around the individual and making the best possible athlete rather than the, the best possible position, yeah. um, which is a really good way of thinking. And it's, you know, it's, it's probably better for the athlete too. So you don't have yeah. a 140 kilo prop needing to hit, you know, a target yeah. of 110 kilo prop. The yeah, yeah. Realistic as well. Re- realistic targets. Yeah. And, and I guess, how do, they, how do they sort of come up with that? Is that on previous results or just throughout the year keeping track on things and obviously a lot of people goes in on uh, ridiculous at that but then others seem you know spot on um but no they're they're quite good i mean they look at the research you know that's currently available out there but on top of that look at our live data and our weight and compare it to other teams um rugby australia is pretty good with streamlining um with the super rugby clubs and giving advice on uh you know where the other clubs sit and where the national and international standards are and obviously yeah every every um uh, Super Rugby Club wants to be playing at international standards and yeah. and running by those. So a lot of that, a lot of the time, a tick of approval is is up there because you know they want they want players of that standard coming through. Just for people that um, are listening that obviously wouldn't have seen a day to day life of a, a professional preseason. Obviously, I know you haven't gone into it yet, and it may change to last year. But what's a sort of a day or a week look like? Um, I know it can't vary, and it's, it's a bit of a broad question. Yeah, but I mean- sure. I mean, usually oh, it's it's all about building, you know, capacity. That's that's the key thing about preseason and and redefining sort of skills and building that. But uh, a normal week is about four to five days on with a day break in the middle. Uh, what we've got coming up now is just five days straight with. Um, three days on field, two days off field, which just means you're not running, yeah. um, but you're still doing gym, you're still doing conditioning, you're just doing things which um, don't take you know as big a toll as like being on feet the whole time. Um, so like a regular day, we probably head in at eight, have a meeting, uh, going to either gym or a field session, um, have a review after um, lunch, and then we'll follow up with either gym or field again. Yeah. Um, and when it gets closer to the season, we'll actually do some double days. Um, where we'll do two field sessions in a day with Jim, um, and they're the really ki- they're the real killers because yeah, <laughs> you, you're pretty cooked after that. Yeah. Um, but it, it's good. This is it's a big opportunity for a lot of. This is where a lot of I think young guys and rookies and and people who are just starting out in the professional system really really get their footprint in. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys who get an opportunity when they play and, they, and the time comes then, but uh, this is really where coaches see what people put in there and what kind of character people are because it's it's like a game day in, day out, um, and they've got to turn up and have a good attitude. And any, uh, you know, it could be one opportunity when you when you show the coaches that you, you're not up to scratch and they'll, they'll remember that. So every opportunity counts. 100%. Do they get many... Boys just coming in for preseason, like I know a lot of clubs do, you know, they get, for example, down in Sydney, a couple of fringe players shoot shield that are pushing like a kind of train and trial contract and that. Do they get a couple down there that'll get in from different areas or? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess more in the in the previous years because COVID's disrupted a lot of, you know, us being able to have that many people come in and train yeah, um, around. But yeah, definitely. They, they had a program at the Rebels called the Development Squad 
Uh, it was quite, I think it's actually quite a tough thing, um, in my opinion, where they come in, they actually wear different kit to the main Rebel squad because they've got to earn it. They were, they were called red shirts. Really? Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough gig um, because you're coming in from club. It's already, you know, a massive nerve-wracking thing to make a step up with all these professional rugby players and then you also look different. Um, but I guess, you know, for, for in the past, I've seen some guys who've, who've come in that program and they've taken it as, you know, a, a bit of like, as it should be, as, as a reward. Yeah, um, good idea, And then they actually stood out because, you know, you think about it, you know, that they look completely different. No matter what they do on the field, if they do really well, they stand out. But then again, yeah. on the flip side as well, if you don't yeah. do as well, you stand out too. So if there's any really people coach, coaching you, like a local club grade, please don't bring it into your local club and have first grade and second grade as in different kit because uh, that'll break people's hearts. A hundred percent. That's fine. And just sticking with the preseason, mate. One thing I've always been interested in, like, um, do you do blocks like that sort of stuff? Like, what what's the difference in blocks? Is that just change of intensity, that sort of stuff, or loading? Yeah, or? I guess they a lot of the blocks we do. So whether they'll break it in three or four weeks, or however they want to break it into, they'll sort of build throughout it. Um, so they'll they'll like increase the intensity each week or increase, you know, the amount of meters we run or things like that. Um, and there's, I'm sure there's some, there's a lot of science behind that. I don't understand that too much. Um, but yeah, they definitely, they break it up in different phases. Whereas the moment uh, in coming up in the next probably two months or so will be about build, building that, you know, physical capacity and a lot of the basics because yeah. you don't want to go into to full team stuff when, you know, we're missing, you know, six or seven wallabies who we're returning. Yeah. Uh, we're missing, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of the stuff where you need to build the basics up and, you know, it, it is all about foundations and, and a lot of sports and, and teams and, you know, any, any different code needs to have a good fitness base before yeah. they can build different plays, structures and, you know, flick passes out the back and, and chip kicks here and there. So, yeah. yeah. Just on that, I don't want to uh, throw this at you. Have you heard much on the, the Wallabies? Have you had a phone call or a bit of um, confirmation? Is any interest in yourself, obviously coming off such a good season or? Yeah, so I was lucky. I, I did. I got a call up for three weeks earlier this year um, for the French series uh, through injury, which was really good. It was a it was a real good taste of of how it operates and things like that. Um, it, it, it was a bit frustrating because at the time, you know, I got a phone call before their first selection, before that, and it said, "Okay, well, you're in the running, but unfortunately, we've got another uh, we've got another option uh, with a more experienced player." And I thought, "Okay, it's really disappointing," and I kind of switched off a little bit. And then I got another phone call saying, we'll just stay ready because at any time that an injury could happen, I thought, oh, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, they're, they're all pretty good. Um, but I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to train. Went to train for about a week, went and played club rugby because they said stay fit. Um, and then I got a call that next week saying, you know, there was an injury and got the call up. Um, so, it was yeah, it was really exciting. Went into camp uh, and it was good. You know, I probably came in at a time where they weren't ready to start making changes um, with with people and they sort, sort of had their mindset set and I probably didn't get um, the greatest opportunity to, to show them, you know, the improvements they wanted to see. Um, but, yeah, it was all about just putting my head down and, and not trying to tread, tread on anyone's toes while I'm there, like a fresh face and, and just, you know, embrace it as much as possible. And, yeah, it was a massive experience. Um, I'll take it forward and it's brought a, you know, it's put a sort of, taste in my mouth now that I, I want it back and uh you know I, I want to cement my spot in that in that squad and and get there again 
Yeah, hundred percent. And 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 goal uh, goal setting and stuff is something that I'll want to talk with you later about. But yeah, awesome that you've obviously got that opportunity, mate. And yeah, I'm sure, uh, like you said, keep building on it, and it, it'll come. So yeah, we'll we'll touch on that more of that stuff at the end, mate. But um, yeah, let's let's pull it back a little bit um and get to know a bit more about you, I guess, and and how your football journey started and where you're from and. And what clubs in there that were you playing for when you were younger? Where are you from? Where did it all start? Yeah, well, I guess it all probably started, oh, did not probably, um, it all started <laughs> in Sydney. Um, yeah, I was born in Sydney, raised uh, in the inner west. Um, it's really lucky my junior club was was West Juniors, and I and I sort of went through the grades there up until um, grade rugby there, and um, played played a bit of like representative footy um, as a as a as a young kid. I was lucky enough to play a game of schoolboys. Um, and then two years of under twenties, which was, you know, an awesome experience. And, um, it's sort of that first introduction to playing against men, um, playing against, you know, professional rugby players. And there was a definite jump, um, in abilities. There was a definite jump in confidence. There was a jump in, I guess, just the physicality all around. And, you know, this was people's livelihoods. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an exciting experience. And then I guess after that, you know, second year of 20s, I, I got an opportunity with the Waratahs in their wider squad. Yeah. Um, still one of the worst paying jobs ever. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty horrible, but that's just, you know, that that's the way it goes and you have to earn your stripes. And, you know, I, I, I take I take that with both hands because it was such a great opportunity. Um, you know, it wasn't easy, but it, you know, wasn't made to be easy. Um, yeah. And that, that was fantastic. That was, that was my first sort of jump to then playing with, you know, at the time, there was Israel Folau there, um, Kurtley Beale, Bernard Foley. Um, yeah, Will superstars. There, were, there was like, you know, there was almost a full team of Wallabies there, you know, past and guys that were playing um, presently for the Wallabies. So it was such a such a wonderful experience. Um, but it was a shock because I wasn't, I was nowhere ready for a super rugby or anything close to that. Um, my probably my you know 21 year old arrogance was telling me that yeah you you should be there you should be starting you should be doing this but you know it was it was I was so far off the pace um, in terms of fitness and, and what it actually took in backing up and, and being a professional um, so yeah it was a massive experience and you know it, it came around to the end of preseason I was pretty cooked wasn't you know I was playing okay footy but not great footy for club um, but then I was time to sort of talk to Voratars about the plan for the coming year. I mean, um, what, what do I do? Where do I go? And, and they sort of said, oh, you can be in the same position, wider squad, you know, this, that. And sort of everyone else progressed um, in their like, contract situation, things like that, yeah. except for me and my other guy. Um, so then I was lucky enough, uh, my agent had a connection over in Gloucester. Um, and then he got me talking and, uh, we got a yeah, we, we got a contract offer from Gloucester, and um, just part of that deal with like to try and seal that deal, we ended up driving down to Canberra one day to meet Laurie Fisher in person, who was the head coach. He was back on holiday, yeah. um, just to show that you know we were really serious about this and we wanted to to make it. So yeah, my agent sort of picked me up and we drove down for the day and went and had a coffee with Laurie and just said you know that we really want to you know make the most of this and, and take this opportunity. So. Yeah, we had that meeting and then a couple of weeks later was on a plane to Gloucester and yeah, that was that was a really, really hard decision to make to I mean, I hadn't I'd never left home. I'd I was, you know, very well, I'd say, yeah, I was I was very privileged. Um, you know, my parents looked after me really well and you know, it was probably a, a safe place being at home. So this was a big jump and 
partner as well. So it was, you know, a, bit, a big choice. And yeah, so made it over there and spent a couple of years. You know, it was extremely tough. Uh, the dark arts and, and scrummaging and, and set yeah. piece and that gets, you know, there was probably about in my two years, there was a fight every second week of training. Um, and it's it, it's awesome. It teaches you to be tough. It teaches you to be um, resilient and and exactly what's needed um, yeah. to, to play premiership rugby over there. And I was lucky enough. I got about uh, 20, 23 appearances for the club um, during the two years. And it was, you know, I'm forever grateful for that opportunity and, and the time and the, the effort they put into me and, um yeah i learned a lot of life lessons there as well about just being you know being a good human and, and growing up and, and being a lot more mature um yeah. especially especially that and, and being professional because I, I didn't have that when i left and you know i, I don't i didn't have it fully when uh I, I left gloucester either but i i definitely started making big improvements um which is which is i'm still doing today yeah massive so you going over there 21 like you said um is a big jump You'd obviously be, you'd have a sniff around the Waratahs and like, I'm assuming Gen Blues, all that sort of stuff. You played 20s? Do you play Aussie 20s? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously the jump there. Yeah, yeah a couple of years of Aussie 20s, which was which was huge. Um, that was a big jump. But then also that was sort of the introduction of, yeah, playing with professional guys around me, guys who were on contracts. And I was the guy, you know, delivering pizzas and working in a cafe on a Sunday and a, and a Saturday to, you know, get a bit of yeah. beer money for the weekend. Yeah, and, and Gloucester, obviously, um, firstly, I guess, uh, Laurie as a coach, what was he like? He was awesome. Um, I, I've got nothing but praise for, for Laurie. I think he um, he brought some some sort of new ideas, some innovative ideas over there that probably didn't get embraced as well as um, probably hoped to. Um, but the amount of, you know, support he gave me over there, I mean, we had a, a scrum coach there as well, but remember there was one session he brought me in after he was like, just have a chat. And then for about an hour and a hour and a half, he just sat down with me and went through the clips. I mean, he was the head coach. He didn't have to go through that, yeah. but he went through exact things. He was getting up next to me on the side of the table, like scrummaging with me, pretending to be my hooker, yeah. um, telling me, you know, this is how you, this is supposed to bind. This is how you're supposed to hold. And he just gave me the time of day and he, he showed me that not only does he just love rugby, but he cares about the people people he's uh, coaching as well um so that was a yeah really really rewarding experience and and we stay in contact to to this day which is which is fantastic yeah and how many years ago we were over at gloucester who was there at the time playing uh, a pretty a few, good club yeah awesome club um well uh, it's kind of shifted there's probably about half or a third of the guys that were there when i was there um mm. but some of the big names were richard hibbard um ross moriarty who I, you know, i'm really still really close with um, you know, who else we got? Oh, Willie Hines played for England. Harry Randall was in the academy at the moment, at the yeah. time. He played for England at the moment. Um, Lewis Ludlow. Uh, there's heaps of guys. Um, ben Morgan. It was massive. You know, through there was one day uh, I came off the bench um, and everyone, you get this little thing over there when you played international, you get a little flag on your jersey and on your name above your locker. And I was the only one without it. Yeah, well. um, so, you know, there was Samoa, Motumatu, there was you know, England, there was Wales, there was Argentina, there was Samoa again. It was all these, you know, internationals over there. Um, so it was just such a good experience. You, you can't not get better if, you, if you're just giving some effort. Yeah, yeah, 100%, mate. And I believe um, you picked up a bit of an injury over there. It was, um, you, you know, Dan Thomas, you know, Dan Thomas, I think he's at Bristol now. Yeah, he, yeah. He said, "Yeah, you picked up a bit of a bad injury with um, Holly Totis." 
<laughs> he's one to talk. He's one to talk. So he's a uh, he's a great man. He's probably one of the funniest blokes. <laughs> yeah, he's always causing mischief. He's always yeah. causing mischief. But now one of the great ones. He got one of the all time sprays from Laurie Fisher actually. Did he? For, uh, uh, yeah, we had a non twenty three run, and he chip and chase from our own twenty two when we said we we're going to pick and drive, and then Laurie lost his head. His his uh, bucket hat flew off his head about twenty <laughs> minutes in the air. So one of the great memories. <laughs> yeah, that's mad. That's mad. So then you moved back, obviously from Gloucester. Um, obviously, probably learned like you said so much um, playing in the Premiership for those couple of years. And was it to the force then? Yeah, so it was lucky enough. Um, sorry, we had a bit of a like a, a a choice to to stay at Gloucester, and it was probably not a great increase. I was second choice at the time, and it was a bit frustrating. But then I was also like missing home, family. My brother was playing over there at the time up, up at Newcastle when he was looking to head home, and I sort of yeah, I look up to him big time to this day. Um, and he was like, well, you know, there's an opportunity at the force, you know, um, we were kind of sprouted as, as this is the next big thing. Um, force was going to take over Super Rugby. Super Rugby was sort of on the edge at that time. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of sold that, you know, this is going to be the next big thing. So we thought, okay, this is massive. Wasn't getting a massive offer at Gloucester to, to stay in. It was never about the money, but it was also about feeling, you know, um, respected in a little bit um so then we just yeah we said okay well let's do it let's make the change we're closer to home you know it's still five hour flight but it's a it's a lot closer oh, than yeah. 24 hours um so yeah it was yeah we made that choice and and it was you know it was awesome you know we went from went from the cold to the heat um and it was fantastic i mean western australia is a beautiful place um and there were some fantastic people there who absolutely love rugby and at the time when they weren't in Super Rugby, um, due to what happened a couple of years before that, you know, there was a lot of people who were still so passionate about rugby there and you could really feel that and it was special um, to have that feeling. And it was similar to Gloucester where it was like almost like a religion um, to them. They they absolutely loved rugby. So every time there was an opportunity to meet a fan or, or there was a game or training, there was always fans there who who just really cared about the club. And that, that's what made it really, really nice to be around there. Um, so it was, it was, it was a great time. Uh, the games, you know, that there were a few of them were, were some of the, the greatest like um, games I think I've ever been a part of um, with up to, I think it was 20,000, one game against the Fiji team. Yeah. Um, so that was so, rapid yeah. rugby. Yeah. Rapid rugby. And then into also oh, your yeah, world series and rapid, they changed the names around a little bit, but um, yeah. Yeah, we played, played some really big teams, but the only um, contrast, which, you know, I, I and it's, no, it's no no fault on theirs, was just the the change in sort of competition, the competitiveness of some of the teams we played against. Um, so, you know, there was one time it was, it was quite tough. We played against a Samoan club team, uh, all guys from club rugby in Apia, Samoa. Um, and, you know, we ended up putting, you know, 70 points on, on a team like that. And, and that was... A, you know, it's it's a it's a great feeling to win, but it's it's probably yeah. not as rewarding as you know going out there and playing the Crusaders and being within a try or, or yeah, a penalty yeah. win things like that. So frustrating on that. But there were some of those games which were fantastic, and we're lucky enough in the second year we actually ended up winning the NRC, which was a pretty special um, pretty special occasion. But um, I guess you know. Oh, a big thing there was my, my selections. I, I wasn't getting selected as the starting loose head. Um, probably, you know, I was, I was overconfident coming back from Gloucester thinking, oh, I'll just go get this. This is easy. Um, and it wasn't, you know, that was the thing. I, I didn't step up to the mark um, on a lot of occasions, but that probably 
you know, made me realise about growing up and, and that sort of last part about being a professional is, is taking, um, taking initiative and, and taking control of your own career. So I was lucky enough, as I said, my brother was there at the time and we and him, we sort of went on a bit of a journey one day um, and I still remember the day when the coaches sort of brought us in and said, you're both too fat. Um, well, the SNC sort of came over and he's a, he's a lovely bloke, Dave Twine, and he's really friendly, but, and he didn't want to tell us, but he did. And he said, uh, you boys are a bit heavy, you know, what's happening like this? So me and my brother being a bit of a smart ass set of brothers, we, in the next session, we sprinted to everything. We're sprinting to the water. We sprinted from the car over to the field yeah. just to be, you know, Knobheads, but then we, we looked at each other and we thought, okay, well, but this is this is genuine. We actually need to make some changes. Um, so then, yeah, look, I went on a massive diet. Um, he he was leading the way as well. He dropped about you know twelve kilos or something. Um, I dropped about five or six. Um, and yeah, I've probably got in the best shape of my life. Like we'll go on a training in the day and then go to the gym at night, doing extras, burning an extra thousand calories a night, um, just because I really wanted to take control and be. You know, you know, take control of those goals and and be be not just the starting prop, but you know, um, sort of setting the benchmark for people. Yeah, fuck, that's that's good. And then obviously that time came to the end. Then, mate, um, obviously, just I'm assuming obviously age and and obviously knowing your potential, that was more just down to to where you wanted to progress with your career, is it? Hundred percent. Yeah, nail on the head. Um, yeah, it, it was an op- it was an opportunity. I thought, okay, well, um, I, I want to be playing Super Rugby. Um, uh, one of the one of the things we got told when we moved to Force was you're eligible for the Wallabies, you're eligible for this. Um, yeah, and we sort of never really got talked to or seen, and and there was a few guys who who were so deserving. Um, and I still I still say it, one of the guys I played with Andrew Deegan, my old housemate. Still think he's one of the greatest um, tens I've played with. Just smart and just you know little guy making big tackle sort of bloke yeah um and you know the guys like that doing getting seen so in my head i thought okay well you know there has to be an opportunity out there there's a few on the way but then by the time i'd left it um sort of to the end of the time there was only wider squad opportunities so look i was lucky enough um rebels gave me an opportunity through the widest wider squad and i thought okay well i back myself i back that you know the guys who are on the roster and and kind of the position I'm in and what I've got to offer that I can, I can really put myself in there. Um, so I sort of, yeah, just put my head down, changed my focus last few months of being at the force and, and worked on the fitness, worked on the skills and, and worked on um, every, every little uh, nook and cranny I could and, and get in the best shape possible to then when I get day one at the rebels, yeah. I kind of, um, I, I show up ready, ready to go and, and work hard. And yeah, I guess two years later, it's, it's, it's paid off. Um, Really, really well, and I absolutely love the club. Yeah, it was good. That was straight into my next question: How are you finding it? The environment, obviously, really enjoying your time there at the moment. How long are you yeah. left on your current contract? Uh, one more year. Yeah. So one more season at the moment, but I um I absolutely love the club. I you know that it's it's you know I first time well not the first time but you know this first time I've actually realised I really enjoy going to work every day um not just the, the the players we play with who you know there's there's not one you know bad bloke in the team everyone there is is an awesome person and I I kind of realize I want to be around people who are aspirational who who you know want to take that next step and surrounding myself with a lot of positivity with those guys but then the staff are that too um especially our, like our head coach now footy um yeah. and our forwards coach Jeff is fantastic and 
and probably our head of performance to Will Marwick. Um, they're, they're, those three have probably been massive. Um, and before that, Dave Wessels, who moved on, was fantastic too. But just such supportive staff who, who do have your back, um, yeah. but they also know your best and, and they know how to bring out the best in you. So there's been some sessions where they're, they're saying things to get in my head and, and get me to, to fire up and crack. And it does. And it, it gets it gets the best out of me. It gets me going and, and gets me into that spot where I know I'm improving and I've got to make good decisions. So, no, yeah. it's been fantastic. And, and as a player then, obviously, you've had a fair bit of a journey um, for somebody that's still quite young, especially for, for a front row I like. And... Um, what what does make you tick? Like what what are you are you a bit of a goal setter or if you like younger days like you but not putting words in your mouth but you kind of sit, went with the flow a little bit and then you had that awakening where you thought fuck radio I've got this time I can switch on it's an, opp- an opportunity that not everybody gets and you're going to make the most of it. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree. I when I was young. I definitely just thought about, you know, just enjoying rugby, just playing, attacking rugby. That's all I thought about. Put a few shots in in defence, couldn't care less about scrummaging at the time. Um, and that was that was so wrong. There was so much more to the game. Um, I didn't enjoy Jimmy. That was one thing I had to teach myself to love. Um, that, that was a key one. So I was, I was the biggest change I needed to make in my sort of lifestyle was just learning to love the things that are going to make me better that I didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, especially like Jim, um, taking control of, you know, that sort of 18 to 21 years, like all my mates from school, I was probably more better mates with guys who didn't play rugby and yeah. I'm still with most of my schoolmates and, and they were going out, they're having fun. And I wanted that lifestyle too. I wanted to do that, but then I couldn't, I couldn't train as properly. I couldn't do that. And it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't on the, on the piss all the, all the time or things like that, but there was opportunities there where I could have put more time into rugby and, and kind of my body and things like that. And I, and I chose the opposite. Um, And, but as I've sort of gotten older and especially through the time of the force and and the rebels, it's, it's all about, you know, you know, balance and and making sure that, you know, what I do today isn't going to affect how I perform tomorrow and, and later down the track. And, and I guess in, as you've sort of alluded to before with the goal setting um, yeah, I, I have massive goals and they're sort of, engraved in my mind all the time so any of the actions i do today they're sort of you know do they come under the banner of those goals and are they going to affect it or you know detract from it so there's yeah there's definitely things there and i've, I've definitely got a better process of um my days and, and choosing my actions and and planning things out yeah and, and mate you would have learned so much of that like obviously as a professional rugby player and, and off the field now you've started obviously a, a, a business as well um, elite performance journal, um, which is something I'm really interested in talking to you about. Um, obviously, listening to the conversation that we've just had um, will lead in really well to this. Um, and just obviously on the goal setting and everything. Can we just get a bit of, um, obviously, a bit about the business, um, how long it's been up and running and, and the story behind it? It's yourself and um, big Carlo Dizano, is it? Yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I was lucky enough to meet um carlo a couple of years back at the force um and you know we immediately bonded me um carlo and also my brother at the time um just you know we we were always you know having a lot of fun together i mean there's probably well there's probably three or four years difference between me and carlo and then another two with my brother so you're we're right at your sort of middle and, and ends of the spectrum of our careers um but just the enthusiasm that carlo sort of brought and that kind of 
doggy doggy attitude was was fantastic and and that's what me and my brother are attracted to you know being around those sort of people who are who are go-getters and you know there's we spent plenty of time uh, we spent plenty of time together and I you know I'd go back to you know the time where we would we'd go to training all day and then we go um and we used to have a thing called the Beatty Park Warriors and it's a little gym over in Perth where we'd go together um we go sauna we go swim we go gym after and we just you know do all these things to try and get the extras because we wanted to get the upper hand on people um and kind of as we as we went forward and we started to go our different ways in our careers Carlo went to the Waratahs I went to um I went to Rebels and my brother actually ended up uh moving into a you know into his next chapter of his career and in, in working in the real world he um you know we, we stayed in touch and we, we always had this little passion about being better there was always this competitive edge with us and how we how we'd get the competitive edge over our um different pe- different people around us and things like that um so it was really good and then we sort of got going with each other that we um you know we we want to do something together whether whether you know the business was anything um it had to be around performance and sort of goal setting and, and hitting targets because it was something we did together um, it's something we talked about um, and sort of earlier this year, COVID hit, um, or sorry, last year, um, and it was all of that thing. Like we, we started getting cut down with, you know, rugby, like pay-wise, things like that. It was like, oh, what's going on here? Like how we, you know, there was that sort of inkling that, you know, rugby could, couldn't be a, a career option anymore. So mm-hmm. it got me thinking about a year and a half ago, you know, what's the next step? I mean, I'm still at uni at the moment and still cracking through that and nearly done. I've got a better half a year, three quarters of a year left of that. Um, but it's just about, you know, what's the, what's that next chapter? So, you know, as we naturally just got talking, we, we threw ideas at each other and, and Carlo has a big passion for sort of passing on knowledge and, and things like that. And we just got talking, well, you know, how can we help people? And, and originally we thought about coaching and mentoring and, and we, and we love that idea of being able to help younger people in even, you know, it's pretty crazy for a, um, pardon me, for a 21 year old to, to be thinking about helping the next generation when he is yeah. sort of that, that young, that younger frame. Um, but then we got thinking, okay, well, there's other ways, you know, we, we have an amazing amount of connections of, of, of people and um, we're lucky that, you know, I think, I think I'm a good human. I think he's a good human too. So we have lots of people who, who are willing to help us out and, and support us on this and thought, okay, well, what if we, what if we brought athletes together and sort of um, gave them a voice and, and learnt from all different ends of the ends of the world, not just, you know, rugby specific. I think, you know, rugby can learn stuff from AFL. AFL can learn stuff from golf and from the yeah. wildest sort of um, different realms of sport. You know, there's so much to gain from learning about people's habits and performance. And yeah, that's where we got the idea for the journal and, yeah i guess it's sort of um evolutionizing now and, and growing and and getting to the stage where we're actually you know starting to get in contact with teams and and get them signed on to to really you know develop that develop their players and and get the best out of them so so with the journal then it like for people listening there like is it for individuals that that, that want to reach a certain target or is it team specific like I don't know too much about it personally. Like I've had, I've yeah, had a read and it seems really interesting, but yeah. Just... yeah. Um, there's a couple of products. So we've got two products out at the moment. One of them is a, is a personal, um, which is for an individual athlete can be in a team or wherever, but it is, it is bought by the individual because they have their own personal goals. It's yep. all centered around that athlete uh, building on um, good habits um, 
building in high performance, different areas and reminding themselves how to build a good routine. Um, so it basically the personal one, you, you have a daily tracker with goals built into that. So then you get to follow these goals um, and track them and make sure you're doing all the right processes to achieve them. Um, but then in between, there's also um, athlete insight from different sports all around, you know, all Australia. We've got, like, we've got some Australian cricketers. We've got some AFL players. We've got some rugby union players, um, some Olympians. We've got some sevens. You know, there's all different spectrums of sport. Yeah. Uh, we've got an NBA player as well, which is fantastic. Um, and they just offer their insight into how they train, how they prepare, and there's the opportunity then. So when you are building your sort of high performance portfolio of yourself, then you can learn from someone else and use their idea or, or grow from them. And, and the main thing that sort of me and Carly wanted to make sure we did was, was use athletes who are, who are currently there, who are currently either at the beginning of their game or at the top of their game. So we're offering different um, aspects. You know, it's so easy to look in retrospect um, when you finish your career and offer advice that way. But what about when you're at the middle of your career or just starting out and we've got, you know, live insight from there. Um, and then, sorry, the second product we offer is, is a team journal, which is built for teams and uh, clubs and organisations um, where they basically come to us and we organise a whole performance journal, but it's all tailored to their team. Um, so it's, it's aimed at building really good um, team culture. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and building building success ingrained into the team's culture. So, as a, it's it's a lot more about team building stuff and and team based goals, but then streamlining that with individual goals as well. Um, so yeah, that that one's quite interesting because it's something that you know we've used a lot ourselves um, in a team environment, and we've sort of built on it to then make a a routine of each, you know, so there's a different section. There's a pre-season and inter-season and an off-season. Yeah. And in the inter-season, there's a routine to preparing for your games and there's a routine for reviewing. There's a routine for everything. So then you're starting to build these habits so you know exactly what's gone wrong or what's gone right and then you can improve on that. Um, and, I mean, I look back now, I've probably still got about seven or eight physical journals that I've used in the past. And I still look back at them and, and I get a lot of great value out of them because I've written it down and I know, you know, on that day, that's exactly what I was thinking. And then you know, I, I've been able to improve off that. So that's been the huge, probably one we've put forward. It's from our experience that this yeah. is one of the key parts of, of being, you know, a high performer um, more than more than less. Yeah, that's really interesting, mate, because I journal a little bit, um, probably not very consistently is, is my downfall and, Something I'm trying to learn, obviously, within sport and business as well, like uh, um, which is good. I actually just purchased a book yesterday online. Um, is it James Clear? Have you read that? Yeah, Atomic uh, Habits. Atomic Habits, yeah. yeah. I've heard good things about that. So purchased that yesterday, and hopefully um, that'll give, give, give a bit of help. Yeah, and that's the thing. It, it, we're, we're trying to offer that little spark to people, and whether it comes from one of the athletes in it or, or just one of the routines they sort of pick up and the habits they pick up. Um, we've also sort of added in challenges in there, so we make it competitive that they can then stay accountable to it, um, and they can choose it and go to another friend or another mate and go, hey, I'm going to do this 30-day, um, you know, one of them is, is a shower shower goal setting challenge where you have your your goals set up in your shower so every time you're up in the morning you're seeing those goals and you tick that off um and then you can get your friend to sign it your 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 partner you can get anyone who's going to keep you accountable to that 
Yeah. Um, and then once you have other people who can see how real you believe these goals are and they can see you changing and chasing them, then it just makes it um, so much more uh, real and, and efficient. And, you know, you, once you once you get into a role with things, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, and accountability is massive, isn't it? Like accountability, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it, and if, if you're being honest, like I'm sure you've been there as well, it's, it's quite hard a habit to break sometimes. Like, you know, if you set a goal, you know, it's on you really. You, you can brush it off and say, I'll do it tomorrow. Do you mean it's finding that? within yourself so to, to, how, how do you get there do you mean like if we talk to you specifically how did you get past that stage do you mean like because there'll be people listening thinking yeah fuck or you know i want to become a professional like if they're a younger fella or yeah. i want to start this business but i need you know i'm, I'm saying i'm going to do this but I, you know i never get around to it i'm busy being busy you know yeah, of course. Well, I guess the, the the toughest thing is modeling the behaviors. You know, everything is a word on a piece of paper at, at one point in time, but until you actually live those words and, and you live them regularly and consistently, you know, that's all they're going to be. So um, taking taking control um, and, and knowing that you, you make mistakes, it does happen, but realizing you're making no mistakes and, and sort of minimizing it as you can. Like, you know, things for me is decision-making around, food and, and nutrition um yeah. previously it'd be you know a couple of years ago just be order pizza you know order something like that but now i'm thinking okay well this you know it's probably down this probably more extreme and actually might be like food dysmorphia or something like that but you know i'll think down okay that's the amount of calories that i should be having or this is too much or things like that and i'll make a conscious decision okay well i need to do this amount of i need to do this session i need to do that i'm more informed yeah. i know that you know this, this is going to affect me um, and that probably came through experience it rather than learning. Um, I experienced, you know, the other side of, you know, okay, I'm coming in with, with shit skin folds. I'm coming in, um, you know, uh, out of breath. I'm tired when I'm running, I'm doing this, I'm heavy. Um, and that's, that's the experience side of it. But if, if people can take it early and, and listen and take it from someone that, you know, you, these do things do affect you before you actually have to experience the, you know, not the damage, but the impact they can have. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, people be in a much better spot. Um, and then you can move on. You can focus on, you know, more specialized things rather than, you know, having to deal with, with your, your mistakes and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and personally, like obviously um, within reason in, in detail and stuff, how do you break it down? Like, you know, like some people, you know, you got your like your smart, you know, like the specific, measurable, all that sort of stuff. How, how do you break down your your goals? Like, um, yeah. You, do you, you first of all? I guess you can't set too many either. Do you I mean you, you need to set two or three and and work towards them? You you, you set twenty goals. I, I yeah, it's, it's going to be hard. I mean, that's the thing. Like you, you say five words, you can't remember them in ten minutes at all. Like that's the that's the thing. It it, it is so hard. So having having that sort of big picture and then breaking them down into small picture and 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 building those sort of puzzle pieces together. Um, I guess one, one of the, the best, you know, most value ever got, I worked with a guy who's now working with the Wallabies, Dave Diggle. Um, he's a sports psychologist. And a year and a half ago, we wrote down sort of a stepping stone guide of my career. Um, and the, the bottom box was, you know, where I want to be right at the end of my career. The first box was before I played my first Super Rugby game for the Rebels. I'm halfway through that stepping stone um, grid at the moment because I know... Um, that, that I followed the process in that, whether, you know, I've, I've set these goals and objectives and my, my ultimate goal down the track is to, 
to have played more than 10 games for the Wallabies. Yeah. So I don't just want to be that guy who's turned up once, um, got a cap, and that's it. That's that's not in my um, goal as, as being a rugby rugby player or, or my career. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure, you know, I was consistently at the top. Um, and then currently I've, you know, hit my fifth or sixth um, stepping stone on the way there. And that was, you know, make it, making a Wallaby squad and being in a Wallaby squad. So the next step now is, you know, making that more consistent. And now yeah. I have, you know, different processes involved, three key things which are going to get me there. Yeah, that and was my next question, that. yeah. So yeah. you have the big goal and then you kind of micro goal it. How are you yeah. going to get and there? I have little, yeah, little, little stepping stones which are going to get me there. And then in between those um, is actions and yeah. actions that are actually going to get me there. And they're physical things like... Um, I'll give you an example. So, you know, the, the one of them is it's to be the fittest prop in, in Australian rugby. Yep. Um, that's a pretty simple thing to do because you can look at your 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 fitness targets, um, you can look at your strength targets, you can look at all that stuff, and that's that's clear cut. You, you know, that's something there. That that's one part of the process. But then also the other one's got to be I'm a prop, it's got to be around set piece. Um yeah. so it's got to be made well, I'm one of the most consistent dominant um scrummages. Um part of me so that, that's things and then even then after that i can break that down which that's more like a weekly basis thing where i can build to those goals yeah because um, i know these these three objectives will then lead to that big goal yeah. so if i can nail you know, little parts of that each week have them as part of my program um that they lead to bigger things because you know yeah. the oldest saying in the world is you know rome wasn't built in a day it yeah. does it it takes a long long time and it's a lot of hard work yeah, and going back to the journal, like obviously all this is, is in there and for, for an athlete that hasn't been in the environment for you, I guess having this sort of journal, like, you know, they're just getting that that experience that they wouldn't get somewhere else. Do you mean that step-by-step process of how you can get there, whether it's fucking, you know, making the Wallabies or making their local first grade club or, you know, their local swimming team or playing off scratch in golf, you know? Hundred percent. So the first thing you do with the journal is you set your you set your ten year goal, you set your one year goal, and you set your your six month goal. So you know exactly what you're going to be setting out and what's the big pitch because you always want to have that. Well, I believe personally, you want to have that big picture at the back of your mind. One day that can happen. So one night you go to bed and you, you'll dream about it. You'll think, okay, sweet. You know, I'm I'm kicking the winning goal in the grand final for my club. You know that that could be the one thing. Um, having having that in the, the mindset and then breaking that down. We then build a little process and they're, they're 12-month um, diaries at the moment. So hopefully, you know, over 10 years, you use 10 of them and it gets to your goal. That's the ideal outcome. We know that that doesn't work for everyone. Some people might build the habits in a year and, and, and take it on and use it themselves after that. But we want to in, in, instill those habits from the start, which is then going to lead to those big pitches um, at the end. So it's all about, you know, staying on top of their, their big goals, but then knowing the process how to get there. And that's, that's the journey of self-discovery because it's going to be different from everyone else. You know, even guys who are, who are doing similar goals to me, they're going to go a different route. Yeah. Um, and when some may get there, some might not, but it's about what finding works for you, but then incorporating as much of the high performance stuff as you can in it um, and making it your own unique um, flavor because everyone is different in it. And that's, that's one huge part of being a, a high performance athlete is having that, that uniqueness of your character. Yeah. And one thing I, I I'm really here before, I guess, with the journal, like sometimes if you get to a roadblock, you've been there before, you think, fuck, how did I get past that, past that last time? I guess you can go back and, 
yeah, I did this, I broke it down this way, and that's how I got the outcome I was looking for. I, I That's kind of what you were saying earlier, is it? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you, there's always going to be challenges and, and part of part of the process in setting those goals and the, and the habit tracker and, and tracking, you know, what, what kind of um, trajectory you're going on is seeing what actually stops you. What are the roadblocks? What are the things which you can even foresee coming up that are going to hinder your performance or hinder these goals and, and you can plan for them? Um, but you can also ask for assistance. I mean, this, this journal is not meant to be just... For, you know, it's supposed to be for your goals, but you can share this with people. The yeah. idea, it, it, if you do share your ideas and you have that sort of the courage um, and I guess that bravery to tell people about, you know, 10 years, you're going to be a completely different person. And, you know, you might be a million dollars richer. You might be this or that, whatever your sort of goal is, um, you know, you, you're going to attract those people because you've got, you know, that positive mindset of you've got these massive goals. And, and I guarantee, I mean, there was an old saying, which, you know, I used to love is like, if you see someone on the side of the road sitting in their car in a broken car, you're not going to help them. But if you see someone out there um, trying to push the car themselves, you're going to jump out and try and help them. So you want to see someone sort of making, you know, that, um, that step forward with themselves and, and trying to make better of themselves. And, and, you know, that, that, that will bring people with you. Yeah. Fuck it. I haven't heard that. That's good. I like that. Pushing the good old yeah. pushing the car. It sounded a little while ago, but um, yeah, yeah. Like it, it sort of it, it meant things meant things to me. So yeah, no, no, I I agree, mate. Like and like I said, going through the journey myself, I think goal setting is is the start of, of something massive. Do you mean you set that long term goal, um, and break it down? Yeah, you might slip up once or twice, but you hold yourself accountable, and and you've got it. You've got the outcome at the end that you're looking for. Of course. And I, I, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, I'm grateful for is making mistakes and mistakes are that, you know, that they, 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 they make you who you are. You know, they definitely, they, they, they craft you into a better person. If you utilize them correctly, um, you can't just make a mistakes and, and then overlook them and say, Oh, it's someone else's fault. And that's a part of the accountability um, yeah. aspect of the, of the journal because you take control, you, you're in charge. You can't say, okay, well, he just played better on the day because then you could have prepared better. Um, the idea is that the, you've always got control of, of how, you know, how you perform. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, sweet. I guess we'll just, um, while we're on, on goal setting and now, and before we wrap it up, like obviously when you set, set out, I'm assuming, or I'm not going to assume actually, what was your, your end goal? Like, what's your end goal for you? What's Cam want by um, the end of his career? Yeah. Um, well, I definitely, I want to I play, um, you know, as I said before, I want to play 10 years, oh, sorry, 10 caps for the Wallabies or more. Yeah. Um, 10 years be going, right? Yeah, exactly right. Um, uh, yes, I mean, that, that is the big picture, um, definitely. But I guess my, my, I have like, you know, different goals. That, that's definitely my career goal. Yeah. My sort of personal goal is to is is to finish my career, you know, have, ha, having had a, an impact on people's lives. You yeah. know, that, that can be, you know, down to one person coming up to me one day and saying, um, you know, you, you really helped me do this or you really helped me do that. Um, that that's a massive part of my life um, now. And especially, you know, sort of the, the way I go about it, the, the Melbourne Rebels now is, you know, I, I want to try and be a, a positive influence on a lot of young guys and, um and, and really you know help people in, in any way i can um even if it's just by being a nice bloke yeah um it doesn't even have to be 
uh, for me is, you know, massive gifts or going out, buying people lunch all the time or, or things like, you know, little trivial things like that. It's, it's just being, a, you know, a good person and being someone, you know, that they, they not just look or not look up to, but, you know, want, want to stand by you and, and want to be around you. Cause I think that's a, that's a great um, characteristic to have in life. Yeah, mate, and I, you fit the nail on the head there. And everybody I talk to, whether like, you know, most of them are professional athletes like yourself and, and stuff that's happening in the game at the moment with, you know, your, your TJ Perinaras and stuff like the narrative is changing. Professional rugby players like have such a powerful platform. Like you, you can, you can, you can set more than just, just, just rugby goals. Now, like you said, you, you can be a, a good person and people will recognize that. And, and then, yeah, I guess it, um, yeah, it changes it. I guess at the moment with everything going on, it, it really changes the the aspect of, of what people see as a professional athlete as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly that. We're, we are so incredibly lucky with what we do. Um, you know, you know, you put it down to you know people paying to come to watch you, you play and your team play. That's such a special thing. And you know, I still remember my year twelve coach going, you know, nothing. Um, will ever compare to this when we used to run out for first 15 at school and it's true like the you know that was some of the special moments that all those people at that game from the school were there and they were they, were, they adored you just because of you know yeah, what man. you're doing out so it, it brings it back and it, it kind of makes me you know quite uh, the, the humility involved with it is that you know we're so lucky to to, to do this and I got to continue um, being in the professional sporting environment and and being around that and it's you know it's a blessing it's an absolute blessing yeah mate yeah that's awesome fuck yeah love that I love that and um, and with the business um obviously very startup ish at the moment and I guess yeah the 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 long term goal is there to when you do fall out of not fall out with footy, um, leave football. You kind of got something going to back up to, or do you have other yeah. ambitions as well? Or yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm I I also study as well. Um, I, but that's you know that's probably one part of it. Whereas I'm not a hundred percent certain that I you know I want to continue. I I do nutrition um, and health. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and I'm not a hundred percent certain that I want to I want to continue with that as a career choice after. I know that I I want to open. I want to have a small business to begin with and, and I want to work in a business and, and help people that way. And I think, you know, some of my qualities are, are to do with leadership and, um, and helping people and sort of managing and, and things like that. So uh, yeah. along the lines of that, but with the journals, I think it's a massive opportunity to pass on my knowledge while I've got um, sort of, you know, uh, more of a persona in rugby. Yeah. Um, just you know people people see that you know i will hopefully see that i live a lot of the the things we talk about and and we try and we try and teach and and put in the journal um and people get something out of you know carlo and Maya's journey but also other people's journey and, and how yeah. they're going um yeah definitely yeah and i think you, obviously with the journal and stuff you're going to attract the right people to grow that community and you know, assuming they really take off, and years down the line, like you said, mate, you could go down like that mentoring route, and you know, you, you've got the experience, especially being a front rower as well. It's a pretty um specialized position. You, you you know, not too many people do want to play in the front row, but the, the ones that are dull enough, you can mentor them, eh? I'm trying to show that there's some there's some props with a bit of a brain up there. There's not many of us, but uh, we try. Yes. <laughs> nah, sweet mate. Now I really enjoyed that chat, mate, and um. Hopefully, yeah, uh, you, you get a couple of shots now leading up to the World Cup with, with the Wallabies and, and we'll see you over is in France. 
Yeah, 2023. So just yeah. around the corner. Yeah, big year, mate. Big no, year. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, mate. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that chat, but cheers. <laughs>